Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You think about the person in your life when you started believing you more than anyone. They're the ones that make the sacrifices. When I walk out, my old man's next to me. They're not just looking at you. They're looking at what made you. What I'm talking about our fucking game. I'm talking about us. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who's been having fun picking out Ange quotes to mix into our intro music. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. That's me. Is he going to be in this episode? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's good to go. Oh, so you've already heard it. You've already heard it, guys. Um, the intro music for the foreseeable future until Ange says something else even better, which yeah. to be honest is likely. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that might be revised in in, in a few months. Yeah, he's he's pretty good, isn't he, Poster Coglu? Quotable, he, like he is very quotable. He's very different. He's very <laughs> very marketable. He's yeah. It's not so much. It's not quite the the dick. <laughs> so it's, uh, I I really like like he tackles things head on, and I really mm. appreciate that. Mm. it's a pretty extreme swing we've gone from like we've gone from one extreme to the other i really think that he's like maybe the best press conferencer going in all of management at the moment to be honest he is on to a, yeah. a, a kind of a winner at the moment there's very little stress or very little pressure upon him so we'll we'll see what happens when um when the season starts but yeah so far so good mm. yeah i mean there's only one aspect of the job right it's uh yeah. it's a really important one but it's only one aspect of the job the thing that encourages me is if he speaks this well to us through the press then i'd like to think he's all also communicating pretty well to the players well, that's where uh, the intro comes from, mate. Exactly, exactly. It's very encouraging. Um, there's quite a bit to talk about this week, considering it's pre-season, and we're going to have to bump some of the talking points to next week, I think, as a result of that. Because I, I really want to get stuck into the Delhi video um, as a starting point. Um, so, to give some context, I, I actually knew that, that, that Delhi had... Or I had been told that Delhi was addicted to, to sleeping tablets some time ago. And... If I knew that, then it was widely yeah. known, right? It's it's a thing. And I was also told at the same time that he's one of many players addicted to sleeping mm-hmm. tablets. This is a really common thing. I've since been told that um, when players are traveling on planes, and not just players, but club staff, um, medical staff will go down the plane asking if they want these sleeping tablets. And they can say yes, if they want, and just sign a medical form and they dispense some to them. And they can take as many as they like uh in that way um i don't mean as many as they like in one hit i mean they can have them each time yeah as frequently as they like yes thank you um which is concerning um so knowing that about delhi like it, it altered my perception of him and my immediate inclination was to have a huge amount of sympathy for him and think fuck you know this this kid who's been through so much has now got another thing going on in his life that he has to deal with like that's really that really sucks for him um, but I didn't really realize how hard it had been. Mm. And uh, so he, he says in this video, which he did with Gary Neville for the overlap, that he's been pressured into releasing a video about his struggles because the press found out that, or sorry, the tabloids, in his words, found out that he'd been admitted to rehab, that he'd been through that process, and they were going to essentially do a story on it unless he took control of the narrative which I think he has done magnificently. Yeah. Really 
powerful, powerful interview. When when we watched All or Nothing and we did that ridiculous breakdown of each episode, which we all regret doing, uh, one of the things that we, we agreed on was, oh my goodness, Delhi has so much emotional intelligence. This guy is is so in tune with his own feelings and 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 seems to be in tune with the feelings of others. And that comes through in this video in spades. He is a quite remarkable person. And the video was so powerful, so hard hitting that it had uh, a large number of watchers in our Discord, at least, saying that they were moved to tears from it and that it has really affected them. Um, massive trigger warnings in this video for all kinds of things. So if you feel like you might be sensitive to discussion of mental health topics or um, sexual abuse, unfortunately, it's not the video for you. And probably avoid this discussion, like maybe skip forward a few minutes. Um, but I, I, let's, let's talk about the video and like, what you guys took from it. Bardi, have you watched it yet? Have you seen the whole thing? Like, What were your takeaways? Yeah, I've watched it, of course. It's incredibly sad to hear everything that was happening behind the kind of the footballing face. And it, you have to think about things that you've said about individuals. And though I've never been bad about Delhi, I've laughed at his expense and said things like play for Burnley. But you do, every now and then, it kind of hits you that these are human beings as well and they have feelings. But it left me, to be honest with you, it left me angry with um, with Tottenham, mm. really. And then Tottenham did that tweet with the, the heart and everything else. And I'm like, where? where where were you and of course i got some pushback about you can't help someone unless they're ready to help but i do get the feeling that tottenham and everton as well both kind of washed their hands of this individual and perhaps they should be doing more should have done more at the time rather than just sell him on and try and make some money out of him which is what both clubs were doing and it's just the whole thing of once again footballers are, are just assets to be traded as and when it suits the football club and uh, that's that's what hurt me the most about this is that there's a there's a young man here who's had issues and problems and Spurs didn't really give a shit I think not just that not just that he's had problems that a young man who the club were aware has this baggage this mm. history there's so much that has got into making Delhi the person he is and in one sense of course he was going to have some some issues off the back of that of course there were going to be things like embedded deep within him as a person that were going to lead to him being more susceptible to certain um, paths and and like you say just kind of the way they discarded him the way they tossed him aside when he stopped being in form um, the way that once a manager decided he didn't want him the club was done with him feels quite cruel knowing what they know um and I'm sure that they knew more than than we did, for example. And Nathan, you you did a Twitter thread commenting on something similar to what Bardi just said, actually. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, definitely. First of all, like um, because again, we've kind of known a bit of this stuff for a while. So rather than it being so much the the sadness of it all hitting us, there was some some relief and, and definitely pride that he's come forward um, for me and I imagine for you as well. Um, it's it's, huh, it's funny actually. I um I watched the interview and yeah, I felt proud and, and I, I felt angry for similar reasons to Bardi. And then like the next day, I was I went to go get my mum fish and chips and there was a tabloids paper down on the table and a page about him and I skimmed through that and I started getting really quite emotional then and there rather than at the time watching the video thinking about it um, and the sort of way that they would be talking about him being brave and stuff now considering that they were the ones who pushed him to come out with this stuff earlier than he wanted to. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't want to shift the focus too far away from being proud of him and being sympathetic to him but I do feel like that there have been failures of him by institutions um, by people in power along the way um, obviously you know none of the football clubs or whatever take any responsibility for the troubles of his childhood um, those those responsibilities belong elsewhere but yeah at some point you've got like a young man who's clearly in trouble and um, I think that the clubs have a duty to do better by him um, I accept that it's tough like Buddy's just said it's really tough um i mean i know how tough it is because my my parents are foster carers right it's really tough to help someone who doesn't want to be helped see that firsthand on a regular basis um but to put out the documentary in which delhi is painted as lazy and then yeah. not do anything to counter that narrative um and to 
to provide sleeping pills. Um, this is clearly an issue that goes beyond Delhi. In fact, fuck it. I, I've been quite open about my own in, insomnia on this podcast. Um, I tried hard and couldn't get sleeping pills out of the NHS because of the very concerns about their addictive nature, because I was young and still am relatively young when I go to them and ask for them. However, I've managed to get melatonin on the sort of grey pharmaceuticals market, which is a um, seemingly less addictive um, sleeping pill alternative to the the main ones that we use in this country. Um, but I am knowingly extremely careful with them. I don't have them in successive nights for a reason because of the dangers that these things cause. And I feel like, yeah, them just being sort of handed out on the coach to, to players in a line, you know, as like a like a like trolley service, you know, as if they're nothing, as, as if, if it's yeah. it's just like a vitamin tablet or something. Mm, is is not. Yeah, that's a that's a failure of care um, from the from the clubs and from the from the medical professionals as well. Um, but it's like you say, it's about prioritizing them as assets before human beings, right? Because you want them to be rested and fit for tomorrow's game, so you'll do something that w- which could be costly to them on a personal level because it will help you win the next game and, and turn money, basically. So yeah, I definitely come away angry that this this has happened to Delhi. This has happened to uh, this particular thing has happened to other players, and that once once a player is broken, rather than try to work with them, rather than sympathise with them, rather than try and get them help, again I can't definite definitively say the club didn't try to help him. All I can say is we've got the example of the sleeping pills, you've got the example of the documentary, and say here's two areas in which they failed. So why would we give them benefit of the doubt that they've gone? To to help him um it feels like the club have, have failed him it feels like Everton so far have failed him it feels like Besiktas have failed him the um the club signed off that documentary they knew what they were doing when they allowed um the Mourinho comment to get the Mourinho speech to happen and then not show the apology they they were mm. purposely allowing that kind of bit of propaganda to go out Adeli himself spoke about it. he said Mourinho came up to him apologized for 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 those comments and they didn't show it they wanted to give that narrative that Delhi was someone who was lazy a joker and messing around in the on, on the training fields and that's you know Spurs can tweet as many white hearts as they want but that's on them as well massively so and not only that they used it to trail the whole series like that was yeah. one of the mm. the the clips that they deliberately allowed to go viral to kind of suck you into watching it I mean, I, I remember us having issues with that at the time because we were a bit like, you know, this is Delhi. He's an insane presser. He's one yeah. of our hardest working players on the pitch. It's weird to like allow this trope about uh, a young mixed race guy being called lazy by a middle-aged man to become a thing. It felt wrong then and it feels wrong, even more wrong now. Um, but that whole discussion between Mourinho and Delhi felt really uncomfortable. There's like a comment about I'm not your fa- I'm not trying to try and be your father or something, and it wasn't very nice. And and the point is, some people have said, oh maybe maybe the the part where Mourinho apologised to Delhi wasn't filmed. Fine, then don't show the lazy bit. Don't sh- <laughs> like you don't need to feature that whole segment. Um, There's clearly a lack of background. There's clearly a lack of understanding who an individual is because you would you would have a file on Delhi saying, look, he's had issues with his father. Just, that, that's not one way to get through to him. Mourinho's just gone the kind of two by two step on how do you yeah. inspire someone? You say, oh, I'm not your dad, but I could be your dad, something like that. Instead <laughs> of under, there's no understanding that this it's is so surface this is a, level, isn't it? Yeah, that this is this is a, a genuine issue. This is not how you. There should be like strengths and weaknesses. Most motivation how do you motivate this individual you don't talk about his dad you talk about something else mm. and there's just a lack of of understanding i think we spoke about psychologists during during the mm-hmm. um, documentary mm-hmm. about the lack of it or something like that but yeah that, that was clearly they've not done a profile they hadn't done a profile on delhi but that's why we got in alex Stoll got in touch and that's why he's now a sort of a regular um contributor to the to the podcast mm, yeah and it's interesting i mean delhi says specifically that he doesn't blame Mourinho. Uh, sure. Which was an interesting prop comment to make unprompted, I thought. Uh, but by comparison, he was full of praise for Pochettino and how he managed him and spoke to him, which I think speaks volumes. Also, there was lots of um, positivity around his relationships with Eric Dyer, Harry Kane, Ben Davis and Sonny. 
Um, he said Eric Dyer and Harry uh, in particular can be quite um, brutally honest with him and that he finds that really mm. helpful. I, I thought that was fascinating because Kane to us can come across as such a kind of beige character, someone who, who wants to just be white and the white at all times. But actually, you know, it sounds like he's kind of been help, helping to hold Delhi to account uh, within their, the, within the realms of their relationship at least. And, and that sounds like something that comes from someone who again is is quite emotionally mature um uh, and really encouraging and um it's it's great to hear that like what seemed like genuine friendships in the social media videos actually are those genuine friendships you know Dyer and Delhi and then and Sonny and Delhi really definitely seemed like they had something going on and and it's lovely that that is real um and that they've been there for him it's really important i think especially for someone like delhi who's who has lacked family you know he speaks so highly about the the family that adopted him the family of one of his Milton Keynes Don's teammates but um he's not in touch with his his mum or his dad anymore and, and that's really really tough for anyone to deal with yeah well it's been a number of um current and former spurs players um showing some public support for delhi um yeah. which is sweet everton have made a statement that they're going to do their best to help him now um which is maybe is a bit late but if they if they do it now at least there's that um the the fucking the thing with that is that there's also been another huge outpouring of support for another footballer that has um, right made me incredibly miserable about football this week. Um, I don't want to dwell on too much, but I think it has to be acknowledged while we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, it's really tough to talk about because the way I've been rationalising this, so, so the issue is that uh, a lot of players have come out in support, public vocal support of um, Benjamin Mendy, who's obviously been found uh been found not guilty in a court of law i nearly said been found innocent that is not the case he's been found not guilty there's not enough evidence to prove that he's guilty in the eyes of the jury um uh and and there's a whole bunch of players that are like see told you so he was he was innocent all the time and the thing is if you're one of his teammates or one of his friends or a friend of a friend or a friend of a teammate you're you're gonna have been hearing this story all the time it's all a pack of lies they've made it up they just wanted money they just wanted publicity they just wanted fame they're they're trying to they're out to get me yada 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 and i completely understand why if you're hearing that story all the time then you'll just you'll take it at face value because it's 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 your mate's mate it's it's someone like someone in your dressing room it could be one of your teammates it could be you, you know, you, and, and I don't, I struggle with um, like castigating these players too much for that because I do see why they would do this, but their clubs, their agencies, their representatives should be saying to them, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> football has an inclusivity problem. Like you wouldn't believe women are made to feel unwelcome in football all the time as they are in, in public life generally. Um, football is riddled with misogyny. And for these players to be commenting like this just backs up what we already know. And all I would say is, is Chris Poros, who does some incredible, incredible work for Proud Lady Whites, has put out a, a really important, I think, statement about this. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. I think it's really important that you read that uh, okay. and share it in, in WhatsApp groups and friendship groups. Um, I think football's got a lot of waking up to do. I noticed that uh, a couple of Spurs players liked some of the, the messages. So um, Hoybier and Yudoji certainly liked them. Hoybier apparently has since unliked. So I'm wondering if someone's had a word and said, no, yeah. mate, you know, you might think that, but it's not the thing to be saying publicly. Um, I, I, I just like, again, it's the institutions failing women. Um control the narrative seize the narrative and and stop your players doing this Uh, allow them to do their whatever they want privately with mendy and whatever but there's no place for it publicly in my view you're right to bring it up nathan because it's 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 they do the two things are linked um clearly yeah uh just a couple of comments from listeners about delhi so um patrick claremo says time to speak about the fans choice of words and behavior in the arena and social media how do we really support the players did we really support delhi how did we really support sanchez and dyer during last season i think that's a i think that's a useful comment 
Um, Darren Burgess says, I don't know if you've had a chance to catch the Delhi interview yet where he discusses mental health. I thought it might be a nice idea if you could use what influence you have to maybe get us lot to sing his song on the 20th minute, his shirt number, on the first in the first home game of the season in support of him and to highlight mental health issues of which I've had a sprinkle of my own. So thank you, Darren, for sharing that. I think it's a really good idea. I really like the idea of singing a song uh, in support of Delhi in the 20th minute. The only thing I would say to that is... The main song that we sing as a fan base involves the surname that he has asked to hmm. not be associated with him anymore. So I think if we were to do that, we need to think carefully about which song we sing in support of, of, of Delhi. One that doesn't use that surname but that he doesn't want to be associated with anymore. I think we need to respect his wishes on that. It's something we have done before when, when Aaron Lennon had his troubles as well. We we also sang his name. Really good point. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that a lot. Um and finally, uh, Matt Bogard said, I'd be interested in a theoretical discussion about who would have benefited most if we'd gone from Poch to Ange. Obviously, that couldn't have happened, but I feel like Delhi would still be here if that were the case. Um, Nathan, I see you nodding. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I just did this video on James Madison, and um, we'll talk about it more a little next week when you've had a chance to watch it. But um, really, rather than focus on Madison, who I think everyone's sort of largely quite familiar with. Um, I look at the, sort of the role, um, specifically mm. Matt O'Reilly, and um, this is before the interview came out. It was apparent to me how similarly O'Reilly's game is to Delhi's and how how mm. perfect a stylistic fit Delhi would have been to play in this, uh, in this system. Maybe it's not completely beyond the realm of possibility that that's something that could happen in the future. Um, obviously not pinning huge hopes on it, but yeah, this is a, it's a little bit of a shame. Um, I mean, mm. for I would I would even be happy to see Delhi go to Chelsea if that is what you know made him happy to go play with Poch. You know, I get that. I do get that. Just want what's best for him. <laughs> yeah, really want to see him get back to doing what we know he can do because he's a phenomenal player. So another player has also been uh, on social media this week. Harry Kane on Hot Ones. Uh, not a show I was familiar with, actually. Really? You're I think so I'm too old. Mind, <laughs> what are you know, talking I'm about? I'm too old for Hot Ones, oh. I think. It's so good. Um, I've, I've been wanting to recreate it with you, Wendy. Just chuck a load of spice down your oh, throat and yeah. then ask you a question just as you're getting hit by the spice. I don't think I'd enjoy that. Um, have you guys watched this? Is How did mm. Kane handle it compared to others? Uh, I've not watched the Harry one yet, but I'm very familiar with Hot Ones and I think it's a great program. Um, I'm not sure how Mr. Beans on Toast, Mr. Ketchup guy <laughs> is going to get on with this because for, for Harry, seasoning is, is salt and pepper, if that. So so I've watched the Harry one. I had watched a full episode of the show before. I'm familiar with it. I've seen clips and stuff. So um, how do most guests usually get all the way through? Um, most of them get the most of them get there at, at some point. Yeah, some get there a bit more dramatically than others. Okay. Some people they really handle it. Other people scream and cry and snot is everywhere. Some people do drop out, but then yeah, most okay. people get this. It's the bomb that normally gets yeah. most people. Yeah. So Harry did well. I think Harry did well. He got all the way through. Um, okay. So he he drank some milk on the first wing, which was like. <laughs> That was like a, that's a bad sign of things, right? That's conceding in the opening play of a football game. But then he, he rallies and he, and he saw it through pretty, fairly comfortably. They do this editorial thing on the show. I really dislike where they like, every time someone coughs or burps or whatever, they put like a ton of echo on it on like maximize the volume to make it dramatic. But I think it's fucking disgusting anyway. <laughs> so there's a bit of that going on, but he, he gets it through. He, I mean, look, it's Harry Kane. You know how, um, the, what did you, you said he was beige earlier or something. You know how beige yeah. he, he is. How how uh, how media trained, overly Milk media toast. trained. Yeah, very. Mm. Um, so considering that sort of the flaw with any any Harry Kane stuff, he was moderately entertaining. Mm. Um, he was quite comical about the bomb. <laughs> um, that's sort of the only thing that was really. Um, especially charismatic from him, which is what you'd expect. Um, yeah. He did well with the wings. He um, he referred to Tottenham as the club I'm at now, which mm. irked some. Uh, Ooh, and he, okay. as he has done before, picked his England goal as his favourite ever goal. Um, I mean, I do think that's fair enough. But um, he talked about how he's one of our own, is his, is his favourite football chant. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. obviously, it's a predominantly American audience. 
Um, so the questions are very sort of basic, obvious stuff. Um, but it's still a good watch. I recommend watching it. Are, are you saying that Americans are, are basic and obvious, Nathan? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. If you're listening to this podcast and you're American, I think you're stupid and that you shouldn't watch football. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think personally, I think some of our American <laughs> listeners are, are the most highbrow of our, of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, clearly, Nathan doesn't. He undervalues our American friends. Um, Brent, who is one of our ex-subs, we were, we were talking about... Um, the bomb and he linked me to the jennifer lawrence episode where she's mm. literally sobbing in pain mm. and i just couldn't get my head around any why anyone would do this or any show would do this to someone it just seemed really unpleasant it's a it's really smart in the way that they've done this because you can ask these these guys these celebrities they're so media trained like we said about harry everything he does is already pre-written in his head yeah so it is good that you whack him with a bit of spice and it really does unsettle them sometimes right. you can get some good stuff but I'll, I'll, I'll watch the harry one and see how he gets on i mean i don't imagine he's eating anything spicy before game day because it would just just affects you on the way out doesn't it that's very true um, that's the truth is, isn't that isn't your asshole the only <laughs> other part of your body with uh, taste buds so that's why that's why it hurts on the way out because I your asshole has taste buds. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> sound right. There is there is apparently there's some sensors there, or maybe that was just a comedian, but. I'm pretty sure there are some receptors anyway on your asshole, which is why hot food burns when it comes out. I mean, you're now responsible for the fact that my Google search history involves asshole taste buds. Um, <laughs> scientists find taste receptors on testicles and anus. This is from a Reddit post on the 2nd of July 2013. I, I'm not going to say that that is uh, an unequivocal Reddit, re- answer. but Hard science right there. Yeah. If Reddit said it, it's got it's got to be true. I, okay. I I do yeah I do remember. That's not what you a, say when they go after you, buddy. Yeah, there was a there was a chap when I back in the day when I worked with kitchens, we were making a spicy sauce, and he was chopping away with the chilies, and I told him to wear gloves, but he didn't like wearing gloves, and I told him when you go home, be careful what you do with your hands next. He um he came in the next day walking funny. You know? Oh dear, yeah. Mm. Um, so the the other thing obviously that's happened with Kane this week is that buying a bit weird. Yeah, uh, increasingly mm. weird. They are weird. Uh, That's their flaw, by the way. They're a very weird club with a bunch of weird people involved. Yeah, but and the journalists are so beggy. What mm. I mean, pathetic. Uh, but the, yeah, the 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 quotes that came out from the owner. No, who is no. it? There's like seven people who are called president in like various president. different stacks on top of them each other. And there's a CEO and there's a president and there's a head of club and there's whatever, a head of board. Forget <laughs> it. It's a complete mess. They're all dickheads. Who cares? Let's move on. Until until there's another bid. <laughs> who cares? Okay, so it's Uli Hoeneß, who is the honorary president, which sounds mm. like a made-up title. It is. Uh, he's basically said... You know, if Kane sticks to his word, then he'll be joining us this summer. I can't imagine that Spurs are very pleased about this. I can't imagine that Harry Kane is very pleased about this. I can't imagine it would have done by any favours at all in the transfer negotiations for Harry Kane. But uh, we shall see. Well, what Bayern are quite smart about is that they get legends that have played for them and then just stack them in the boardroom. So these guys are like buying through and through fans as well. And they just come out with, with nonsense all the time. They often end up fighting with managers and yeah. It's just like Spurs putting Ledley King, giving him a presidential a role at the club. It's an interesting comparison, isn't it? You know, Bayern stack up their legends in the boardroom. We get ours to phone around asking people to buy season tickets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <we're> very Tottenham. <laughs> Who was it? Who was it? Someone they got a phone call off David Howells. I mean, I I grew up liking David Howells, but I wouldn't, yeah, you know, I wouldn't oh. expect him to call me up. No, in my luck, I'd get bloody Kevin Scott or someone. <laughs> that's we. That's the other bit of Kane news is that we've offered him like tenure, oh, yeah. <laughs> like four hundred k a week, and uh, you can stick around. Like that's not already. What is that? Like obviously he if he can have that if he wants that. Regardless, he can be Ledley mm. King and call up season ticket holders if he wants that gig. Why is how's that gonna tilt? What the fuck are you doing? Why is that even? Yeah. Why is that news? <laughs> what is going on there? No, but but maybe it's like. <laughs> I mean, no, that's maybe it's what? I was going to say maybe it's there's it's something more substantial than that. Maybe you get a, a, like a, an important role at the club after your playing days. Maybe you become assistant manager or director yeah. of football. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll pay for his coaching badges. Obviously, we'll pay for his coaching badges. That's not, yeah. 
how is that going to change anything? I don't understand why that is a decision. I guess it's like trying to tap news. into his emotions, isn't it? Like, you mm-hmm. love this club, Harry. Here's all the future we've got mapped out for you. But it doesn't need to be an offer, does it? It's, it's as you as you say, it's implied already. When I retire from the Extra Inch, I'm going to become president of the Extra Inch and, and just pass comment on everybody. <laughs> we are, once again, partnered with Athletic Greens. So I'll hand over to our honorary president. I gave AG1 a try because I like to keep a close eye on my levels, energy, vitamin and health. But in the summer, it can get tricky. You're out and about watching cricket, creeping on Twitter or on a road trip. Just this weekend, I went to Cambridge, Windy. How was it, buddy? Fantastic. Highly recommend. Even if we did end up eating in the high street Italian restaurant because of the kids menu options. Bloody hell. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) That morning, we set out early, went to a quick boot camp, home, showered and out. But... I didn't do my AG1. I fiddled with my morning routine. I broke world order, but there's no need to panic. I had my travel pack and AG bottle. My co-pilot, my wife, cracked open a packet, chucked it in my bottle and gave it a shake and handed it to me at a safe point on the journey. En route, I gave my body the boost it needed for a day of sightseeing. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health and replaces your multivitamin, probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. That's drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. Check it out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Nathan, I have been tied up in work events all day and I've missed everything that's been going on with the open training. Can you can you talk us through it? I'm still waiting on hoping that someone's done a, a full long record of the whole session that I can pour through. Um but um there was an eleven v eleven game. Um so you've got you've got the vibes team and you've got the graft team, <laughs> basically. So uh Bibbs you got Vicario in net with a uh, Romero and Tanganga centre back pairing. Uh, Poro and Regulon playing as inverted fullbacks, which is uh, interesting. You got a midfield of Basuma, Madison, and and Ndombele. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty tasty. And you got a Kuliseski, <laughs> Kane, and Son front line. That's uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty balls out. <laughs> and then, I I really like that team. Take out yeah. Regulon, and I'm on board with that team. Yeah. And Tanganga, obviously. And then up yeah, against maybe. them, you've got Austin in goal. And you've got Ben Davies and Davinson Sanchez as the centre-backs. Royale and Yudoji as the inverted full-backs, uh, who are sandwiching Skip, apparently, as the number six. Mm-hmm. You've got Hoiberg and Devine as the two number eights. And then a front line of Solomon, Richarlison and Perisic. Mm-hmm. Perisic on the right. So Perisic on the left, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I've not seen this. This is based on um, Tom Barkley and then also one of the aggregators had the exact same 11s. Okay. Did you watch any of this? Not seen any of this yet. Hoping that there's going to be some footage at some point, um, mm. some proper footage out there. There's, I've been, seen a bit of training stuff over the last few weeks. There's some, there's some really fun, interesting drills. A lot of mm. the drills mm. are um, variations on a rondo and then a sort of a reward. Once you get to a certain number of passes, eight, six or ten passes the coach says okay go and then the winning group from the 
competitive rondo get to do a, essentially a counter-attack um and then there was a variation where the wingers remain isolated from from the rest um that's so there's a there's like a tram lines on the outside that only the wingers go in that sort of stuff um we saw some we saw some two touch the other day that you spoke mm-hmm. to chris summersell about and he talked mm-hmm. about the the downsides and limitations of two touch football but i think that um I look in the Madison video at, at why that might be necessary, um, although I leave it unsaid. Um, but I think that doing that for, for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then going to a game sort of manages to balance things out. So you, you get the ideas instilled yeah. and then you can yeah. go and reinterpret and, and be a bit, bit more creative um, afterwards. And that's what Chris was saying could be genuinely useful. It's kind of like forming the habits, isn't it? You don't hang on to the ball unnecessarily. Of course, when you've got someone like Tongi and Dombele, you want him to be freed up to dribble as much as he likes pretty much. But um, you also need to be moving the ball quickly and purposefully the majority of the time, which is very unlike how Spurs have played a lot over the past few seasons, um, apart from that really good spell at the end of the season before last. Any, Any takeaways, Nathan, so far? Well, my biggest takeaway is that based on this information, which isn't completely thorough, um, looks like he's really going ahead with Pedro Porro as an inverted right back. Not told you, told you. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see that working out. I like the, I like that he's giving it a go. You know, it's not. Someone on Twitter made the comment to me earlier. Can, actually, can I find it? Um, uh, yeah, Stuart uh, Tyra. Uh, made a comment to me that it's like you compare that to Conte who when he doesn't have a player that exactly suits his needs he throws his toys at the pram so I like that there's an effort there and obviously it's still pre-season so it's time to experiment and try things out but my suspicion is that that's probably not going to work out whether that means you know necessarily um, removing Poirot from that position entirely or doing something where you have a more defensive number rate and then Kulosevsky tucks in and Poirot stays at wide whatever something like that but I think that just putting him into the into the inverted fullback role just doesn't suit him like his technical quality is outstanding um he does have a tendency or he did show previously a tendency at sporting to move narrow in a very attacking sense and cross from the and shoot a lot um from from the channel but um the role of the inverted fullback is like safe sensible ball progression um one and two touch plays like we were just talking about um defensively supporting the play when it's in front of them um and and Poro is not that at all he's he's a high risk taker he's someone who wants to have lots and lots of consecutive touches he wants to dominate the play he's the main character um he loses the ball he makes poor decisions in and out of possession he's a brilliant wing back but i think that he's a really poor fit for this role and there's going to be some some teething issues there i think a couple of things i would say go on um the inverted fullback role is partly to um, support build up with safe one and two touch yeah. passes and partly to add a layer of defensive um, solidity. But also, once you've progressed the ball, the, the fullback can join the attack. Yeah. Um, and what happened with Celtic was typically their, um, their right back had more, better attacking numbers. And the left back clearly was used more as a defensive option. So I think Ange is, he, he's aware of like balancing it out. Like you've just suggested how we might do with Kudosevsky, for example. I think he would look at the abilities of the players he's working with and figure out a way to make it work. I also think like we've just forgotten the Spurs fans that, that players can be adaptable and also can be coached and can change and improve and, and get better because we've seen so little of that over the last couple of years. Like how many players have we seen that have actually improved over the last two and a half, three years? And so few of them, um, you know, even taking it down to the level of my seven aside team, there are some players who nearly always play one position and play it really well, but sometimes they're pushed out of position and they turn up in the opposite opposition box and they surprise me. Like I'm like, oh God, you can finish or you can find a pass as well. And I'm like, oh wow, yeah, you're a good player. Hadn't realised that, I just saw you as a sort of safe defensive pair of hands. You know, maybe Porridge might have the opportunities to to play a sort of volume passing role in front of the the, the back two in build up before. Um and I, and I feel like he could surprise us. He's clearly, like a, like you say, really highly technically competent player. It's just 
in the roles he's been asked to play previously, one of which was like in a possession-heavy sporting team, he was the relentlessly attacking one. He was the one asked to often hug the touchline and wait for the ball to come out to him and then and then produce stuff. Um, and then in Conte's Spurs system and then um, Mason Spurs, again, he's like often carrying the attack from, from wide areas. So we've not asked him to do different things. I'm really fascinated to see what happens with him this summer because I, th- I think there's a lot of potential with Porro. I mean, Carl Walker was apparently the stupidest defender we've ever had. And then he was a, he, he can now play multiple positions yeah. in, in the defensive line. That's fair. It's a really good example because he's completely changed the way he plays. You know, who would have thought when we were watching Walker running down the outside and uh, beating players with pace constantly that he would become one of the very best in this very defensive role that he uh, he takes on nowadays? Um, you would have seemed unthinkable, but but good coaches can can work with players and improve them. And, and Walker still sometimes does go on a little marauding run and you can see glimpses of the old Walker. Um, yeah, really intriguing. Really fascinating to see what Ange can do with a bunch of our players. Uh, the squad list I thought was interesting. It's everyone. It's pretty much well, everyone. Yeah, it is. Uh, except for Hugo Lloris, who clearly they've made a statement that he is pursuing other opportunities well and said the other day that he spoke to Hugo Lloris and gave him the choice and said look you know you're you've done a lot for this club um you're really well respected here so um you do what you would like to do you're welcome to come on the tour Mm. you're welcome to stay here and focus on looking for a move yeah yeah and then all of the other sort of players that were previously booted out on loan seem to be being given a chance um, not as many youngsters as I, as I thought there would be. I thought Craig would go. I thought John would go. Do you think um, that's yeah. a reflection of the number of returning low needs who aren't being for sure? Away? I do. Yeah. I do think it's that rather than anything else. I think it's that he needs to assess those players uh, and work out whether he wants them, and then the younger players will therefore get minutes for the under twenty ones in their preseason friendlies. Um, I did think though that. I thought John would be a really good fit for Ange and I was intrigued to see whether he might get a chance and get used in preseason. So we think that he played in the behind closed doors friendly. Yeah. We think that he yes, played as did. one of the number eights. Um so there's some there's some awareness or interest there from Pascal, but like you said, mm-hmm. I think so it looks like Napoli have just bid for the Celso. It kind of feels like the Celso's at the door. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas Ndombele and Regulon, maybe more even more surprisingly, seem to be getting a bit of a look in, um, which is interesting. How do you how do you feel? I know you don't want to talk about Ndombele, and you avoided talking about Ndombele last week. Do you want to talk about Regulon? Yeah, I um, when Regulon first joined Spurs, I was really excited about him. <laughs> it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but also I found him really watchable. Mm. he's bubbly he's fun he seems like a nice guy there's definitely some ability there but he's the kind of player that the more you watch him the more the things that initially appeal to you become things that you you think actually are holding him back like my conclusion of Regulon was that he tries to do everything too fast at both ends of the pitch and he gets himself in a mess a lot of the time I think he makes bad decisions because he's going at 100 miles an hour um, and I, I want him to slow down and assess his options. And maybe the conversation we've just been having about Pedro Porro applies to Regulon. Maybe Ange can get hold of him and say, hang on, take a beat, like work out what you're doing next, play the safe volume passes. I want you to do that and then be around to join the attack after that. Uh, and clearly there's there's ability there. He's not a bad player. He's just, uh, he's got some flaws. But if you can... Um, erase those flaws or even alleviate them, hide them, then, yeah. But I don't see why he wouldn't get a shot. In which case, sell Davies? I do struggle with the idea of selling Ben Davies right now. I think, like, maybe in January or maybe the end of the season, but I think he seems like such a positive influence in the squad, in the dressing room. He's so well-liked, so universally liked. Um... And he is one that did okay under Conte, I would say, like held his own for the majority of the time. I'd feel bad for him if we sold him. Like It would feel like quite a ruthless decision. Having said that, if we got a really good offer for Ben Davis, then we should absolutely sell him. I think that'd be the right thing to do. How do you feel? I'm I <laughs> I was really high on Regulon, uh, as, I, as I sort of acknowledged already. I was really high on Regulon coming in. I rated him extremely highly. I thought that Real Madrid were making a mistake um, mm-hmm. letting him come to us, to be honest. Um, 
And then I reached the point where, especially, you know, this season gone, that he was like almost forgetting about his existence, written him off. Um, so to see him be on the cool, happy, fun vibes team for implied first 11 at training today, um, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, it's a bit weird. It's a bit confusing. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a real player there. I think that, like you've already mentioned, the the weird thing where he rushes his play all the time. If you can overcome that, then there's a really, really talented player that he's had a horrible year with injuries, um, but is 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 fit right now. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's something there. Bardi, you've had a complicated relationship with Ben Davis for a while. Where where are you at with him? I've admired his story from from afar. I've, I've admired his journey. You're right. He's one of those guys that just does all right for everybody. Mm. Um, perhaps it's time we moved on from that. So maybe we we sell him. But right now, it's all about who get who who would make the most money, Reggie or or Davies. Um, there's plenty of fullbacks in the world that haven't made it as wingbacks. Um, Reggie is, is a is a fullback. Perhaps he works better. I would sell Davies if I would sell whichever one would get the most money, and that's that's how I would how I would decide over it. Or even whichever one gets the most offers at this point. I mean, we we do need to see some outgoing transfers happening pretty soon. I'm sure that, you know, a week or two into this preseason, Ange will be starting to work out which players are with him and which he doesn't trust or, or doesn't think have quite bought into it. And we'll start to see some movement. Um, but we do need to, we will need to get a wriggle on with getting some players out the door because we've got too many players right now. Mm. Especially if we are to sign more. Um, we spoke last week about the the White Web's uh, development. We are going to follow up on that next week. We had some really useful comments on that, um, and I want to do a I want to do it justice. Basically, uh, we haven't got that much time left in this episode, so instead, I would like to talk about some follow ups to the discussion around ticket prices and the rise in ticket prices. A couple of uh, messages came in. Uh, so Sue Green said. Uh, with wanting to support Ange, the team and our club, I was not impressed to hear you suggesting we walk out at our first game because of the members' ticket price increase. In fact, I may well remove your podcast from my automatic downloads. This is totally the toxic rubbish that idiots without a brain who don't understand how clubs are run will get behind and do it because someone says they should get should to get Levy out. They don't even know what they want instead. Oh, a man-woman who has loads of money and will invest it all in the club. Lots of those people slash states out there. Season tickets have remained the same price again. That is nearly three quarters of those who attend a match. I think it's great season ticket holders are rewarded. We pay out upfront for all tickets for the season. I was a member for years at the old stadium. The main reason being I could not attend all matches and would not want to. I played hockey, had a young family, would only wish to attend with friends. Members generally will not be attending every game and can pick and choose. I think this is the right area to increase ticket prices, which we understand needs to happen in the current economic climate. I've heard people saying they won't renew their season tickets on these podcasts because they were not happy with the football and want to choose if they go to a game or not and can easily get hold of tickets. Fine, you do that and pay for it. I've paid my season ticket price and will try and attend all games if I can, hopefully seeing fantastic football, which we all want, along with a feeling of togetherness, which I believe Ange will create. Do not suggest to people to walk out in the first match because of this. A joke. Go Sue. Get him, Sue. Sue on, put Sue on the fab. That's what I say. <laughs> Strong views. Strong views. I had a, I had a very nice back and forth with Sue, um, for the record. She has I, some good points. She does make some good points, to be honest with you. Our season ticket holders. We have had our season tickets frozen, so um, you lot should foot the bill. I, 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 I think her good point. Our body... tickets should be even cheaper. Make season tickets half price, and in that fifty percent, send it to you scumbags on the membership. I'm, I'm, I'm with Sue on this. I, I, I mean, members pay more. I, I think Sue nailed it um, when she was talking about you, body where she said, um, <laughs> uh, "Idiots without a brain who don't understand how clubs are run." That's that's Bardi all over. <laughs> <laughs> don't think so um, but the, um, I'm, I'm sure that Sue's not the only person who feels this way uh, so we wanted to make sure we represented the other side of the argument and um, also Jamie Loxley said with Spurs ticket prices increasing surely there'll come a point if it hasn't happened already where paying £50 to become a Spurs member just isn't worth it especially mm. this season with no European football and less opportunities to attend matches um, which I think again is a really good point you know which is why it's so bad that they announced, or not announced, <laughs> admitted the the price increase after the membership renewal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's 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 brutal to be honest, and I understand Sue's reluctance to to have a walkout or some kind of protest, but 
my response is like, where does it end? Something at some point it has to stop. We can't just keep sucking up price increases, especially when the rest of our income is being reduced by what's going on in the country at the moment. So, you know, if you're being hit double whammy, it can't just carry on. Um, clubs don't need clubs like Spurs don't need more money from fans to be able to be successful. Uh, there is no need for them to put the price up unless they need to, unless they want to maintain their profits or or make greater profits. Throw us a bone, Spurs. That's all we're saying. Throw us a bone. We're pretty loyal as a fan base, um, despite some really shitty years that you've served up. Um, throw us a bone. But yeah, really, really great correspondence on that. Thank you so much. And we'll talk about the White Web's development on the podcast next week. And we will also talk in a lot more detail about Nathan's video on James Madison. Uh, if that interests you, patreon.com forward slash the extra inch where you can see that video and many more. What's the next one you're working on, Nathan? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> what are the options? Uh, it depends how interesting tomorrow's preseason game is, I think. Um, okay. Doesn't seem like we're going to announce a centre-back yet, so I'm sort of holding out on both of them. Mm. Tempted to do something on Manor Solomon? No. <laughs> no, not no. really. Is there, if there's, Look, if there's a high demand, if people are really interested, um, then my ears are open, but at the moment I think I'm going to skip over him. Okay, so like, unless he really shows up in the preseason matches, then sure. then, then maybe he's uh, not one you're going to prioritise. Fair enough. Um, I mean, if you, if you are uh, a Patreon, feel free to discuss and suggest ideas for Nathan to cover. Uh, there is now a channel in the Discord for... Um, podcast discussion and content feedback so stick ideas in there feel free um yeah and we'll be back next week you have been listening to the extra inch with me windy my sidekick and best friend barney and our tactics guy if you like this there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash the extra inch Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork, and website are designed by Creighton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at the extra inch. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the XR, we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on, you Spurs. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.